Welcome, Liberty Driven listeners. Good to have you back for a new year, new episode, and uh, excited to talk to you a little bit about a little bit about a couple things. Um, this is going to be a short episode. Uh, there's just a couple things I wanted to discuss, kind of get my get my feet underneath me again, uh, having had that hiatus. We're going to talk about the hiatus. We're going to talk about uh, the election. Get caught up on a couple of things. Uh, but first, we've got to do the intro, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome, welcome. Hey, uh, before we get going, I did want to remind you guys, if you haven't had a chance, go over to libertydriven.com and pick up your copy of The Liberty Driven Revolution. It is uh, uh, going to be an important uh, uh, foundation for us to be able to discuss some of the things we're going to be talking about as we move forward. Uh, so go over there and, and, and get, get yourself a copy. It's available both as the paperback, but also as um, your favorite uh, e-reader version. I think there's uh, a couple of versions that are available for uh, electronic uh, reading of it. Uh, I think there's even a PDF version on there. So, um, so I want to talk about a couple things that uh, have been on my mind as of late. Uh, but before we jump into that, I want to start off with a with a Chinese. Uh, parable, uh, proverb, uh, I'm not sure, quite sure what the right word is. Start off with a Chinese parable that I heard many, many years ago, and it's always stuck with me. So let me go through this parable with you, and we'll, we'll talk about it after. So once upon a time, there was an old farmer, and uh, he worked the land every day. He had a horse to, to plow his field. He had a son to help him out. One day, the horse ran off. He lost his horse. All of his neighbors came by and and uh, uh, said, "Oh, what what unfortunate news! Oh, this is this is so horrible. You don't have your your horse anymore. You must be so sad." And the wise farmer said, "We'll see." So next morning, they get up. The horses come back, but not only that, it's come back with two wild horses for the. For the owner to train and to break. Neighbors come by. How wonderful! Not only did you get your horse back, but you got two more horses. You're 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 doing really well. What great fortune you're 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 getting here. And the farmer says, "We'll see." So, following day, his son goes out, tries to tame one of those horses, tries to break it. As he's trying to work with the horse, he gets. He gets kicked, knocked down, breaks his leg. Now the son can't help out on the farm. The neighbors come by and they, they bemoan this, this horrible misfortune that has come upon him. He says, oh, now your son can't help. And what terrible luck. How awful. And the farmer says, you guessed it. We'll see. A week later, the military, a military official comes by uh, recruiting conscripts. Uh, getting conscripts for the for the uh, for the military. Seeing that the son's leg is broken, they pass him by, not, without a word. They don't want him. He's he's got a broken leg. 
the neighbors congratulate the farmer. They're like, hey, this is great, awesome. Your son doesn't have to go to war. You're, you must be so happy. Once again, the farmer says, we'll see. So what do I tell this story? What, what is this parable, what does this, uh, this story have to do with us? Well, you may have heard me talk either either on or I, I don't have a catalog of every episode we've done. I don't know what I've, I've talked to you guys about, but you might have heard me speak about consequentialism and about my opposition to consequentialism. Consequentialism is the idea that uh, the goodness or the badness, the rightness or the wrongness of something can be determined by whether or not it will produce good or bad consequences. Um, it's, an, it's a philosophy that's been around for, for quite some time. Uh, but here's the problem with consequentialism. We don't know what the consequences will be. Like the farmer in our story, we need to be more wise about the events that take place in our life. We have to take a we'll see approach to everything. We need to be willing to wait and see what the consequences will be. Now, does that mean that we don't do anything? Does that mean that if we're taking this, well, we'll see approach, that we don't uh, go out and proactively do things that we think will be beneficial or positive? Of course not, no. But what we do and whether we judge an action that we take as being good or bad cannot be based on what we think the consequences will be. The rightness or the wrongness of a course of action is not determined by the consequences, but by the principles we follow. This is why I oppose consequentialism, because it, it pretends that we can know what the consequences will be. We can say when an event has happened, whether that has had a good or negative consequence, but we can't know all the consequences. We don't know what the consequences will be five years from now. All we know is the consequences that we have experienced. And even that we see imperfectly. We don't always know what the outcome will be. Certainly there was, there was reason to be, uh, to be upset about losing the horse or having his son break his leg. Uh, certainly there are consequences. There can be negative consequences, but we don't know what the ultimate consequences are going to be until much further down the road. Similar, we may think that an event is positive and that it's great, but we don't know what the consequences will be down the road. It may be that by his son not being drafted into the military, the son doesn't learn some critical skill that the son will need to have later on in his life. We don't know. There are things that we don't know, and we have to be humble. And the only way you can live your life humble in this way is to live your life according to the strict principles that you know to be true. Not what the consequences will be. Don't try to second guess the future. We can't do it. So that brings us to the presidency, the election, and my hiatus from these episodes. So back in November, after the election, things were getting quite tumultuous, shall we say. 
Uh, it's only it's only gotten more tumultuous since. I found myself. This is right around Thanksgiving. I was skipping Thanksgiving because you know Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. These episodes go up on a Thursday. I figured I'd skip Thanksgiving, but after Thanksgiving, I was gonna be ready to go. But then things started to happen. I found myself to be lo- losing a little bit of my objectivity. I got myself found myself wrapped up in a lot of the excitement and hoopla and and uh, and the trying to guess the future. Um, it didn't sit well with me, and it's taken some time for me to feel like I can return to who I. Uh, who I believe I am and who I who I should be. So my objectivity has returned, thankfully. Following the election, a lot of my conservative Republican friends were uh, up in arms about Trump having supposedly lost, and uh, they were they were adamant, certain that challenges to the uh, election would be successful. Uh, they were certain that the uh, that there has been there had been fraud that took place in the election. And me not having a uh, a, a dog in the fight, me not uh, caring who wins the election, uh, allowed me to be a little bit more objective about that, and I and I took a we'll see approach to the uh, to the election and to the um, to the the lawsuits and the challenges to the election. Uh, it wasn't easy though to be completely objective, and I, I did find myself uh, calling into question some of the events surrounding the election. A little bit more than I think I should have. I should have been a little bit more stoic, a little bit more zen in my approach, and a little bit more objective. And I lost that just a little bit. It wasn't extreme, uh, but I feel like I did lose my objectivity a little bit. And so I felt like this hiatus was necessary for me to take a step back, take a breather. I wanted to wait until after the inauguration, see what else happened. Uh, we were, we weren't disappointed for entertainment uh, in these uh, in these intervening months. The uh, the Capitol Hill uh, riot, protest, insurrection, whatever you want to call it, uh, that was an interesting event. And again, I, I felt myself being a little bit less than objective. I think at this point. Things have started to settle down a little bit. President Biden has taken office. We're a week plus into his presidency. Things seem to be a little bit more settled. Uh, We don't know, though. We'll see how things go over the next few months and the next four years. But I think we're at a place where we can start discussing the principles of liberty once again and, and, and discuss how these principles should be applied uh, during this this period, um, and and I'm looking forward to having further discussions on this. I've made no secret about the fact that I'm not a big supporter or a big fan of Donald Trump. 
I didn't vote for him either time. I wasn't happy when he won, but I'm not happy that he's lost either. As with many things, there are good and bad aspects to most events in our life. There, are good and, there were good and bad aspects to Donald Trump. Uh, looking back, I can see that it's been a lot less catastrophic than I thought it would be. Um, and looking back even further, the Obama administration was less catastrophic than I thought it would be. I'm sure that the Biden presidency will be less catastrophic than it could be. We'll see. I've learned to uh, learn my lesson to be a little bit more stoic in these in these events. So what should we do as those of us who are liberty driven? How should we be viewing and, and, and approaching this new territory we find ourselves in? Well, as usual, we should be guided by our, by our principles. We shouldn't allow the, the turmoil and the, the uh, second guessing and the prognostications of the day sway us. There will be uh, all sorts of people uh, raising the sound of alarm in every direction. And we need to take a little bit more stoic approach, a we'll see approach. Step back and ask ourselves what principles apply here and then live according to those principles. If we can do that, then we have the best chance of restoring liberty. We have the best chance of getting back to those principles as a nation, teaching our neighbors. We can use these next four years to great advantage, to great advantage if we can get the message out to more and more people to support liberty. Maybe in four years, when there's another election, we'll have more people who are liberty-minded, and maybe things will start to shift and sway to a point where we can restore liberty. But if not, at least we will have lived according to principles we know to be true and our conscience will be clean. As I said, this wasn't going to be a long episode. I did want to finish here real quick and let you know that hopefully next week I should have a big announcement to, uh, to let you guys all know about. I'm, I'm kind of excited about what's coming and... Uh, shouldn't say kind of, I am excited. I'm very excited about what's coming uh, down the road for the Liberty Driven Revolution and for you as my, as my listeners and uh, for this, for this uh, podcast. Um, again, if you haven't had the opportunity, go over to libertydriven.com, pick up a copy of the Liberty, Liberty Driven Revolution. Um, there are uh, exciting things in the works and uh, I'm excited to have you guys here with me on this journey. And I will see you guys next time.